Okay, so you know how I am online a lot, doing a lot of research, looking for articles. You have so much online, Tom. It's a your, lot of online happening. Your, your online fervor is strong, f- flavorful. It is flavorful. Um, I'd put it I as far as about. how much flavor above flavor of love, but below rock of love. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite flavor, flavor, but it's definitely like, you know, flavor sticks. So. Yeah. Okay. Flavor sticks with a little touch of Brett Michaels. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I can do that. Okay. So I understand. So that. I'm online and I'm doing research and I come across. Because you don't have a job. This you is, are a full-time I'm, comic book guy. That's right. That's what yeah, I do. I'm that's a full-time why you're comic online guy. all the time. I am, and, and I'm looking up articles to do podcasts on, and I found something that I think is going to be really value. Like It's going to bring a lot of value to our comic book community. I hope so. I found a list of the top five superhero-themed rides, but here's the thing. One of those is not in our country, so I'm going to throw that one out because cool. we're talking about the top superhero rides in the United States. Oh, yeah. And you have been on all of them. Top four list, baby. And I have been on every single one of them, including one that I went on last week. As you may have heard from one of the previous podcasts, I just got back from Disney with my kids. And it was awesome. They revamped Disney quite a bit. And Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's different now. It is different. And and I I remember going to Disney years ago. And I mean, they've always had like a little bit of Star Wars presence because Lucas had helped with them. But now that Disney and... Star Wars are all together and Leia is officially a Disney princess. There's way more of a, of a Star Wars presence. I mean, they had some super cool, like, you know, Sugar Skull Darth Vader pins. And I mean, just okay. really cool stuff like that. Um, and they added a bunch of other new flavorful things. Um, I was kind of afraid when I was going there that I was going mostly for my kids. But as a 39-year-old comic book collector, that was just fun. There were so right. many great things. But... Top four list. So we did have a list, and I read through the list with Tom already. And yeah, I have actually been on all of these rides. So we're going to go from four to one, and yeah. I'm going to talk about these rides. And we have also chosen a comic book. Yeah, we're going to throw some comic books towards to, tie, in. to yeah. tie into it. And we're going to give you some info on the rides. And to do one better, we're not going to follow this list because Russ has been on these. And the list count is different than what you provide. Right, than the way that I, I told have chosen it. you yeah. to rank them. Mm-hmm. And the ranking that you gave was drastically different than what this website gave. Good. Kicking off the list with the first ride, Dr. Doom Tower of Terror. Now, Dr. Doom's Tower of Terror is at Universal in Orlando. And I went to school in Orlando, so I had a resident pass at Universal and I went to Universal every single weekend. We had drink passes. We had free parking. It was an awesome place to go and just hang out and ride as many rides as possible. And Dr. Doom's Tower of Terror was definitely one of the ones that I liked. The whole concept of the ride is you go on this ride, and it is a tower that shoots you 150, 145 feet. 185 feet. 185 feet straight up. And then as you get near the top, Dr. Doom's menacing voice basically says, I'm going to suck your fear and take your power, blah. And then he drops you at 40 miles an hour yes. barreling towards the ground before they grab you and then shoot you back upwards. And he bounces you a few times and the screams fuel his. Yeah, he's collecting the fear. Yeah. So, so that- I thought, okay, 
this is a do- this has to be a Doctor Doom themed comic that mm-hmm. would go with this ride. Right. Um, there's one that we've chatted about within the last year. There's really only been one Doctor Doom comic that's like come up in conversation casually. Do you know which one I'm talking about? One of my favorites, actually. This is such a great one, and I think we were talking about it because of the potential tie-ins to the Netflix series. Yes. Of- that's yes. why this is a while back because this is back when Luke Cage premiered. Right, that this conversation happened because this has always been one of my favorite Luke Cage comics. Luke Cage number nine. Yeah, technically it's a two-parter, mm-hmm. but really number nine because it is where Doctor Doom appears. So in issue eight, Doctor Doom pays a middleman to hire Luke Cage to take care of some robots who are like rampaging in the boroughs of New York, and Luke Cage doesn't get his money. And there's this buildup in this issue of Luke Cage, like he's hunting down Doctor Doom. Like this is the first villain crossover into the Marvel Universe that Luke Cage is ever going to do. And he gets pinned up against Doctor Doom in this issue. And this is like, oh my gosh, like something bad's going to happen. This is going to be an all-out brawl. This is going to be a match of the century. He, He takes Richard Reeves' jet and flies it cross continent to go and fight Dr. Doom. And when he gets, when this whole like buildup comes to a climax, we get one of the best panels in Bronze Age history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, one of the best panels in Bronze Age history. And it's just Dr. Doom sitting there and it's like, I saw you fly in and read Richard's jet and I totally knew it was you. And what does Luke Cage respond with? Where's my money, honey? So apparently Luke Cage had to travel across the country to shake down Dr. Doom for $200. Yes. And even with current inflation rates, that's still about a grand. Yeah. Dr. Doom's response is, hold up. You traveled how far to get 200 bucks? Like he, he like didn't even remember that. He's like, wait, what? Like that's why we're doing this? Like right. this whole buildup, you think it's like potentially going to be like Dark Knight Returns status. I mean, that didn't happen, and you know, right. that's later, but it's like this feeling of, oh my, they're going to brawl. This is going to be this huge fight. And then he's just like, hey, bitch, give me my money. <laughs> so I, I like to believe that the Tower of Terror is extracting our fear so we can get some money for Luke Cage. Let's move on to the number three ride. The number three ride I actually chose, there is the, uh, the Incredible Hulk coaster which is also at universal orlando and um it's a hanging ride where you have the harness that goes over you and your legs are free falling and it goes upside down and it spins and it's just kind of a cool concept of a ride oh i really really enjoyed it but again as i get older i I like these spinning rides less i don't want to throw up you don't want to go 67 miles an hour um and 115 feet into the air according to wikipedia it's over the water it's over everything i mean it is definitely one of those rides that if you're going and you are a coaster person go check out the hulk what comic book would you pick to go along with this ride well we've been talking about stranko a lot this last week and um one of my all-time favorite covers is the King Size Special Number One, and it oh yeah, it's just Hulk being crushed, and it's the Hulk with the Inhumans, and he hangs out with Black Bolt, and he gets in a fight with Lockjaw. I mean, there's some some cool backstory, but something I actually found out recently was there was an interview with Jim Steranko, um, that 
he wasn't the one that drew the face on that comic book. Yeah, if you look at it, it doesn't look right. It really doesn't. Like, like if you look at the Hulk, and the Hulk is kind of big, and he's got big so muscles and sweat. And, and gross apparently, looking. Marvel came to, to, to Mr. Steranko and said, your face is too terrifying. Because there was just beads of sweat, <laughs> veins, and he's lifting. Because He's the, lifting a face. Like a yeah, fucking this, road this massive or something. thing that he's lifting, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Sorry, we have to tone it down. So you've got this amazing sinewy body lifting olive and this kind of like milk toast face, kind of that... like what they did with Kirby with Superman. Mm-hmm. A little bit. They're like, "Yeah, everything's good except for the face." We're gonna have someone else just like redo that. <laughs> just gonna fix yeah, just the fix rest that. of that. That's all right. The thing I like. I think that's a great pick. Let's go to number two because number two is the Spider-Man ride. Number two, the Spider-Man ride isn't necessarily as much of a roller coaster as it is like an interactive experience. It's one of those carts that goes around. You have polarized lenses, Mm -hmm. so it's a 3D... And it's really, really cool because you're kind of going on this cart thing. There's a section where Spider-Man jumps on your car and your car kind of rocks and... You know, you've got the Green Goblin. He's throwing flaming Spice pumpkins at you. Oh yeah, yeah, there's water and it's myth, and it's really cool because it's one of those like 4D experiences, and it's fully immersive. And that's the thing that I really, really like about that. What comic comes to mind then with this type of? Like I said, there are so many great ones that you could pick with the Green Goblin. You've got all of these great, you know, John Romita Senior <laughs> covers and the flaming pumpkins. But eh, the one that right. I, the one like that the I really looking. like, <laughs> it's like this four dollar. I always <laughs> love this book. Amazing Spider-Man 267. If you haven't yeah. read it, you will like it. So it's its byline is whence cometh the commuter. And basically the long short of the story is Spider-Man has broken up with Black Cat and is kind of trying to escape the city. And he leaves the city and he goes to the suburbs. And he runs into a kid and he like has to borrow the kid's big wheel and then a dog's snapping at him in a backyard. So he like gets the dog's mouth shut with the spidey web. And then he's running through a neighbor's yard and the neighbor tries to put him under citizen's arrest. And then he ends up like pinching Spider-Man's butt. I mean, it's, it's such a very strange story. It's a really cool story. (laughs) And it's just the antithesis because normally you got Spider-Man who's like, running around New York and I'm your friendly neighborhood Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And this is me going around the five boroughs and trying to take care of this. And it's kind of like, Hey, we just went to, you know, New Jersey white picket fences and we're running around jumping through backyards and all of that stuff or whatever. It's, it's It's different, different kind of pace. Very weird. A good pick because this is a different kind of ride. Mm -hmm. And then rounding out number one, this was, Probably no surprise because there's a lot of money invested in this ride. There was a lot of money invested in this ride, and I was so pleasantly surprised. So we just got back from Disneyland a couple days ago, and everyone had been telling me. Because I went and did the original Tower of Terror, and I liked the Tower of Terror. But they had told me that they had reskinned Tower of Terror, the, the Twilight Zone elevator drop mm-hmm. like the classic one the classic one that had been there for a while and they said they reskinned it as guardians of the galaxy operation breakout and the line was ridiculous so we ended up getting a fast pass but most of the days we were there it was like a 90 to 120 minute wait i mean you're looking two hours to be able to wow. do this ride um it was done so well 
you're hanging out in the collector's place, Benicio del Toro, and you know you've got all of these artifacts, and there's a Loki, um, you know, suit, and there's a fantastic painting of the collector and the grandmaster playing a game, and it's straight up Benicio del Toro with Jeff Goldblum, and they're like in this painting. It's super super cool, and you go into the collector's office, and he starts telling you about this thing, and all of a sudden rocket raccoon breaks in and explains to you how we're gonna break out of this maximum security prison blah (laughs) gotta go heal my friends gotta go take care of this and it is just so well done um not to spoil anything too much but i was so pleasantly surprised that um they got all of the actors from the movie to be in it and you know it was like Star Lord and Drax and Gamora and Groot and all of the above, and even Benicio del Toro when he's taking off his glasses. I mean, <laughs> it is so one hundred percent exactly okay. what you would need it to be. And it was just the experience was fantastic, the ride was fantastic, it was fun, it was great. As a comic book fan, I recommend it highly. It's in California Adventure in in the. Um, Disneyland Sister Park. They just opened Pixar Pier, so I know it's super busy over there, but if you get an opportunity, the Guardians of the Galaxy Operation Breakout is absolutely an amazing ride. It was so, worth worth doing. Sounds like Rocket Raccoon made a really big appearance in this ride. And and we could pick a lot of the other more recent Guardians. There's all, all new Guardians of the Galaxy. There's the Rocket and Groot crossover, but one of my favorite, and I know one of your favorite, is... Um, the Rocket Raccoon miniseries, it was a four-part miniseries, and Bill Mantlo wrote it, and Bill Mantlo, absolutely, you know, creator of Rocky Raccoon before it turned mm-hmm. into Rocket Raccoon, and he also worked on ROM and Micronauts and Swords of Swashbucklers. I mean, Bill Mantlo wrote pretty much for- We need to do a podcast on Bill Mantlo, oh, and then we need to do like five more on Bill Mantlo, right, and then we need to round it out with maybe another two. So much. I mean, it's just just absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so just, just such an amazing writer. Yeah. And artist- Mike Mignola. Right, and Mike Mignola did the cover and all of the pencils inside. Very different. And if you get an opportunity to actually flip through this four-part Rocket Raccoon miniseries, you'll notice that this looks nothing like the Hellboy Mignola we expect, and it's very cool to kind of see early Mignola before he kind of decided to work more with absence of space. Mm -hmm. And when he really had, because he's a fantastic artist in any realm, but with the, you know, BPRD, Hellboy, Witchfinder, Jenny Finn, all of the other stuff that he's been working on dealing with the absence of lines. Yeah. It's very interesting to see him work on another art style. It's a great run. Color works great as well. Yeah. Um, I want to know, if any of our audience have been, have been on any of these rides, if they like going on rides, I personally do not like going on rides. I'm not a ride person. I've seen too many um, bad YouTube videos about how you can get injured on rides. This is why I don't watch YouTube. <laughs> so I want to know what our audience <laughs> thinks about rides and specifically these rides if, you, if they have been on any of them. Don't forget to like and subscribe this video. And as always, remember to keep responsibly. Nuff said, when I'm not rematerializing like my favorite doctor, I'm liking and subscribing Comic Tom 101.